Welcome to Aspire to Rise, where we are teaming up to serve leaders and help them process through a challenge they're facing. I'm Joshua Stamper. And I'm Sarah Johnson. Now let's ascend to new leadership heights together. Welcome to the Aspire to Rise episode. We are so excited to have you. Joshua, we're back together again. It's been a month. How are you? It feels like forever. (laughs) It feels like forever. Well, it has been because we have not been communicating enough. And I think that means that life is just a little bit busy. Is that accurate? It is so accurate. It's insane. It absolutely is insane. Every day. It's a new challenge and, you know, it's just one day at a time. But I miss talking with you. So I'm so glad to record with you tonight. I miss you too. And we've been laughing our heads off already in our pre-chat with our (laughs) guests. So I think we're going to have something really special to share with everybody. So because we have a bunch of listeners who are craving to learn all the time. Joshua, is there anything that you'd like to share about the challenges that you're facing right now in leadership? Expand on that. Are you talking about as far as what I'm experiencing in school? I mean, it's November. We just finished the (laughs) election in the United States. The cases of COVID are rising. I'm sure that has nothing, no impact on you whatsoever, right? No, because my Vikings won this Sunday. That's where you got feisty. It's true. So I'm, I'm, I'm in a good mood because my Minnesota Vikings <laughs> won. Yep. Everything is better. That's awesome. And I've, I've got the Christmas tree up. I mean, we're, we're rocking and rolling in the Stamper household. So you got the Christmas tree and we know that you've got Christmas music playing 12 months out of the year. Correct. <laughs> There's a theme that I keep, you know, putting into each episode. Yes, I have all of our Christmas decorations up this weekend. Me and the kids put it up. So I feel I felt like we just need a little bit more joy in our household with COVID and being in the pandemic. So it was more of a mental health type of practice than anything else. What about you? Because I know I know you're battling the same thing, you know, in Wisconsin. And so what are you doing for your own sanity? Yeah, I, I definitely. Our cases are rising. Ever since last month, we've we have record numbers every day in Wisconsin. And my husband's team um, got unfortunately quarantined, so the season got uh-huh. cut short. Yeah, bummer. But is you know kind of expected. And and in our house, it's just nice to have them around a little bit more, so that I can get a little bit more work done in those hours that are not working to lead my children because I think listeners by now know that my two kids are home. So Mm -hmm. in terms of what I do to keep myself sane, I'm just, you know, pretty standard, same things. But this month in November, I have shared and broadcasted that I'm doing even more doubling down on that gratitude piece. So I... Yeah, I've definitely been, I've been posting every day. I've kept myself accountable to that. I'm sending messages out. And then I've been working with my children on their own gratitude pieces because it is hard right now, even for an Enneagram 7 joyful lady that can reframe everything. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm super excited because we have an awesome guest tonight and I'm so glad that you got to meet her already and that our listeners get to know her. So you ready to chat with her? Oh, most definitely. I can't wait. Awesome. So welcome, Brianna Zwiebelhofer, to the Aspire to Rise episode. We're so excited to have you. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be with um, both of you tonight. Okay, so I want the listeners to know that Brianna and I got connected in coursework. It's almost already a year ago. So I'm really excited to have that connection with an incredible leader, a positive person, a strong educator, a theater lover. So hello. Um, But I'm going to let you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brianna. What can you just give us a little bit about your background so that listeners can get to know you a little bit better? Yeah, so um, I'm currently in my 15th year of teaching I've taught all grades, um, 4K through sixth grade, except for fifth grade. So I've kind of um, been all over the place. I've been in a few, let's see, four different districts. 
And I'm currently teaching um, in the Leva Strum School District in four, four-year-old kindergarten. So it's been a lot of fun. Um, I have a master's in education. Um, I finished that degree in like 2010. And currently, like Sarah said, I'm working toward my director of instruction and curriculum license and my principal licensor through um, Viterbo University. So I will be done with that in April and then be looking for my next move in education and hopefully become an administrator somewhere, hopefully close. (laughs) Crazy. April is just around the corner. I'm so excited for you. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm very excited. So you're going for your curriculum director license as well as your principal license. Ultimately, what would your dream, what would your goal be for your leadership journey? So far, I guess my goal, hopefully this spring or summer will be to find an elementary principal position. I'm very elementary focused. (laughs) Yeah, understandably. And so that's awesome. So we're so excited to have you and thank you for agreeing to join us on the podcast. One of the things that we really love to do is just to have great conversations that we know are going to serve the listeners as well as I know Joshua and I always gain from these conversations. And so would you just do us a favor and frame up what it is that you would like to talk about with the leadership challenge today? Um, So I guess I have one question that I kind of keep coming back to as I'm, you know, going to hopefully have a position soon in administration. My question is, how does a principal lead staff through a change or a crisis while maintaining a positive culture and climate? That was a really good question. <laughs> I think uh, as an administrator, for, well, both Sarah and I, um, with our experience, you know, we've definitely gone through each of that. But just to summarize, so you're looking for what does a leader do through change or crisis to keep a positive culture through the building to maintain for your staff and for your leadership team? Is that correct? Yeah, because, you know, with the pandemic and just the times we're in now, especially, but I but then I got to be thinking and I told Sarah, I'm like, this could really be like about any difficult time that a district is going mm. through. And so I think it could be even like a broader lens. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about your leadership journey just a little bit. So as a leader, what are some things that you have done on a campus? Because I'm just curious, you know, you're a teacher, but I know you're probably doing a lot more than just teaching in a classroom. Yeah. So at, in our um, elementary school, I'm part of our leadership team, like our building leadership team. Um, And so I try to give input on that team. And I started uh, heading up kind of a like a sunshine committee trying to bring joy to staff, you know, through little Mm -hmm. things like treats in the lounge or little notes or things like that. But I think as a teacher, it's hard to sometimes make a, a large positive change on like district wide is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's a good point that you make because in your Mm -hmm. role, you're doing what you can to impact the climate, um, but culture ultimately comes down to, yes, leaders at all spaces, but opportunity to be invited into that collaborative leadership is something that you, you know, you kind of have to wait for in a sense. Was that, is that fair to say? Yeah. So, hey, I know that you're a smart lady and you have thought a lot about this before and you've learned a lot and you've studied a lot of theory. I'm curious, what do you think just from your own experiences, what have you seen work before or what do you think would be um, an answer to your question? What strategies? Well, I really struggle with the, you know, maintaining that positive culture through a crisis or some you know, a very difficult time. I seriously don't know. Like I think about that when, if I'm the principal, you know, what am I going to do? Obviously like, you know, really show my staff that I value them and, 
you know, hopefully have built relationships so I can try and maintain the positive culture and hopefully have like good systems in place and things. But I think like when a diff- mm-hmm. difficult time or, you know, like for the pandemic right now, it's like teachers are burned out and um, there's just a lot going on. So I don't know what I would do. Let's reframe it so that I know you've been in the classroom for a while and you've had probably multiple leaders within your own experience. So thinking back to building principles you've had in the past, what are some techniques or things that, you know, as a teacher you valued during a tough time? I guess one of the big things would be just that those conversations with the principal, how are you doing and what, you know, what can I, how can I support you? And then maybe seeing like a change through those conversations. Like a lot of times in my experiences, those crucial conversations aren't happening. That's such a good, it's such a good observation. And I can sense that you're struggling, (laughs) (laughs) which is totally fine because I think interestingly enough, and I, and Joshua, you can speak to this yourself, but as an individual who's not currently running schools, Mm -hmm. I can't necessarily be like, um, what is it? A Monday morning quarterback or the backseat driver or whatever. (laughs) But what I can say is the principles that I'm working with right now, you know, coaching principles, the people that I'm connected with, friends like Joshua, all of these people that are currently leading, it is an uncomfortable spot right now, right? Because it's it's not just a it's mm. not just the typical disruption or the typical crises that we run through. It is because it's not just contained to the local school environment. It is local communities, the impact socially and economically, and the health of our communities. And then it goes extends yeah. further into our regions and into the United States and all of this. So I mean, it's just that when we say like these things that become cliche, that it's an unprecedented time. It truly is, right? So you're asking a a hard question and and we're asking them back to you. So I I get the discomfort. But you want to add something to that, Joshua? Yeah, I just think of the analogy of like, you know, the old Walt Disney films with Mickey and Donald Duck and the boat continues to have holes and they just keep sticking fingers in the hole to try and not sink. And um, at some point you just run out of fingers. <laughs> that's that's totally what this year has felt like to me. And so I, I get that because every single day is change and every single day something unexpected occurs beyond what we're used to. So um, I totally understand the question. And and I'm excited to, to discuss this further because I think a lot of people are struggling with this, not only in the classroom, but other leaders. Yeah, absolutely. So in Brianna, I mean, we we pose some questions back to you because what we try to do is, is, you know, just using some coaching conversations just to be super transparent. And so I am really curious because Joshua, I think, did a really great job of asking you, you know, in your previous experiences, because you've been in multiple districts, what did work? And I guess what it comes down to is just curious, what ultimately do you think is a solid strategy for, say, you get that job in April, you're in this, what do you think would be one of the things that you'd like to do to be able to improve or impact or sustain some type of a positive culture, even through no matter what we don't know what's going to be like? Well, I really hope to build that trusting relationship with my staff, you know, starting out in a building. And I think also it's really important to get staff input and um, feedback from staff. And I also, I know, Sarah, I kind of pose this question as well about initiatives, but I think as a principal, it's really important to keep track of, you know, what initiatives are we doing in our district and what, you know, like what needs to keep going and what initiatives can we maybe, you know, put on hold for now or, you know, just kind of maybe slow down for a little bit. But just being really aware of um, everything that's on teachers' plates, you know, try and be supportive. And so you don't have a bunch of 
teachers that are burnt out. No, I think those are all great qualities and things that, you know, every leader should aspire to do. So um, I think you brought a lot of great insight in that answer. Absolutely. So, hey, Joshua, I think this is the time of the interview where we're able to share some experiences and some insight and maybe even some like shocking expertise. Do you feel like you have it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. So I was late getting on our call this evening and it was because I was reading. Well, I've read it before multiple times, but Jimmy Costas's book, and I know he is a friend of both of ours, but Culturize, you know, it was written pre-pandemic, but I think it's such an amazing resource for any leader. The chapter that I was getting enthralled with was his part where he was talking about a leader should, and I'll just paraphrase because I don't want to recite the entire book, but he talks about communication, trust, team building, and follow through. And it kind of goes with what Brianna was talking about. Right now, I think communication is so key. The things that we produce to our staff at the beginning of the school year, as far as protocols and things that we were planning on doing due to the pandemic, I mean, I I can't tell you how many times those procedures have changed. And so for communication, I think that's key. And and that doesn't mean just the pandemic. It means all aspects of the campus. You, You have to be transparent. You have to communicate as much as possible. And you need to do it efficiently and effectively because time is so much of an issue, especially right now. Like you said, Brianna, the teachers are overwhelmed. And so if we just inundate them with email after email or meeting after meeting and take up more of their time um, through that communication and we're not efficient, then we're going to then break down that relationship and that trust. So I think the trusting piece too is if you're not communicating everything, then there becomes a distrust with the faculty that they think that you're hiding something or that you may have a different motive. Um, And then of course, the team building piece is like there's There's times where we have to make sure that we're on the same page and that we're actually building that mentality that we're a team and we we can have fun. You know, we're going through a really crappy time right now. Um, Everyone's feeling it. We don't have to like kill and drill, right? I mean, we don't have to continue and teach every, like every moment of the day. We can make sure that we're having some fun and we need to have fun with the kids, but we also need to have fun with the other staff members. We need to, to be able to, you know, have those fun conversations in addition to, you know, the relationship building where we're having those crucial conversations and asking, what are you stressed about? What can I take off your plate? And then the last piece is the follow through, which is when we say we're going to do something, we need to make sure that we're doing it. We can't have empty promises. If we're saying we're going to take something off of a teacher's plate, we better dang well do it. Otherwise, we're again, we're going to be killing the culture within our building. Man, you I cannot believe you shared Jimmy's work. You stole my thunder this time, Joshua. Just kidding. I'm just totally kidding. <laughs> so glad I got to go first. I'm so glad you did too. Here's the <laughs> truth. I love that you brought up Jimmy's work. And here's what I kept hearing threaded through your responses, Brianna, which is why I knew that you had it in you, that it really comes down to communication, right? Because I heard you say um, relationships, that you will Mm -hmm. seek input, that you will get feedback. And that uh, what I'm rewording is that you said you wanted to prioritize initiatives and just like having that awareness and being able to read the room of the teachers, right? And that always comes with communication. Like you're not going to be able to know what to prioritize if you aren't cued in. I thought long and hard about what I would want to share on this podcast episode because I have been 
through, I would say, a very significant cultural upheaval in a learning community. And so outside of COVID, because I know you mentioned that too, like someday where the COVID piece is going to be a memory, but what is Mm -hmm. not going to be is uh, learning communities that go through cultural upheavals and crises. And so I love that this is evergreen in the sense that it doesn't matter if there's a pandemic or not. It really is coming down to a few salient points, which really is communication. And I, and just to share, yeah. you know, I went through a situation in a school where the culture was so busted, it, it just became broken. And I felt like, like I got ground in the middle of all of that. And so I was trying to figure out what I could say to Brianna and to the listeners through this without giving too much detail or going into it. What I would say is that I think as a leader, you are going to have an acumen or not for certain um, skills. And one of the ones that we have to have and we have to develop is communication because even when I heard, goes back to Joshua's example about you know, not over emailing or whatever. I think the opposite side of that is choosing not to communicate because you don't want to bug people right now. Like I know leaders who are doing that where they're like, oh, I just don't want to, you know, bug them. I don't want to bother them. You know, I don't want to ask more of the teachers. And so we kind of fall into the trap of failing to communicate without meaning to. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yeah. Communication is so important. Right. And so I guess I wanted to share that like as a leader, as a, and especially as a building principal, depending upon where you're going to be, you are going to do the strategies of communicating and building trust and building relationships, but also just to remember that you're part of a system and cultures are systemic. And when I think back to my own particular challenges, I know that, you know, I spent um, four years in one district and it was the fourth year where things finally bounced back after a lot of doing exactly what we've talked about, coping with the struggles, making changes, listening, doing a lot of listening, and then a lot of follow through after that. We started to build something back after it had been shattered. But I'll also say that the local community that I worked in, there's only so much you can do as a principal if your system is is toxic. Um, and so I want to be careful about what I said there. Uh, <laughs> but that, you know, like the transparency is so important. So I wanted to hook into that one word transparency. Because at, so for example, if you as a leader are looking to be transparent, but your superintendent or the board, in fact, says you can't share information. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to mention that to you or that you as a building principal have to be the turnkey for only the information that you're allowed to share. That is a struggle. And I just want to mention it. And those things become even more challenging, even more heightened, and even more of a problem for our cultures when we're in something like a pandemic. So it's like these weaknesses that were existent kind of become amplified. Is that fair, Joshua? No, that's that's a great point. It's something I didn't even think about, but it's very true. I mean, we have to have the whereabouts to understand what information is needs to be disseminated to, to the staff also. Not everything has to be. No, I think that's a, a very valid point. Right. And I use too many words to get it across and that's okay. That's who I am. But <laughs> I wanted to say too. That, so I, I guess I wanted to mention it because I do think that outside of COVID, we have leaders and you, Brianna, you're one of, you're going to be one of them. You're going to be leading Mm-hmm. Um, during disruptive times. And so outside of COVID, I think that there are strategies, but I do really believe it comes down to transparency. And I have a bunch of resources that I want to share with you both, and we will link them in the podcast. But I literally just today was listening to Dare to Lead with Brené Brown and her episode with mm-hmm. John Meacham on the Dare to Lead podcast just this uh, today. Uh, but it was last week's episode and it's pretty political and it's very historical, but it was so shocking to me when I heard him say exactly what I was thinking to share 
share with you, Brianna, is that number one, it comes down to transparency. And I think leaders need to ask themselves, why are they not being transparent? And I, what I was trying to plant was a few seeds about, can we be as transparent as we want to be in the system we're working in? Do we struggle with sharing information out of trust? When leaders find themselves in a spot where they're not being wide open, why is that? And then figure out a way to get past those barriers. I just think that's so critical. So that's mm-hmm. one episode. Another resource that I have found super helpful and that was almost, um, it just smacked me in the face when I got it because it was right after I had resigned from a position and was kind of launching out into the world. And I was at the principals conference 2018, but I met a man named Dwight Carter uh, who co-wrote mm. and I got to meet Mark White, this incredible book. And if you haven't read it yet, we got to get your hands on it. It is called Leading Schools in Disruptive Times, How to Survive Hyper Change. <laughs> and it's almost nice. laughable to me because I was like, oh, I, you could have given me that manual a year ago. That would have <laughs> been super helpful, Dwight. But I mention it because the thing that it's just so it's simple, but it's super profound. They have a wonderful um, acronym, which is called it's CAT. It is COPE, ADJUST, TRANSFORM. And their whole point is that we have a history in our school systems of constant hyperchange, and it is exponentially growing when you look at media um, and technology and just like the ways we teach and the way we deliver instruction and the access to schools and the access to, you know, your ideology as a, as a leader, all of these things that you're going to run into pre-pandemic. And I think these messages are evergreen for um, during now. So I would highly recommend engaging with this one. And interestingly enough, they're chapter nine is transparency. The world is watching. And if you would indulge me just a moment, I'm going to read the first paragraph. Not only are school leaders dealing with the greatest number of disruptions in school history, they're doing it in the most transparent environment in history. Trust used to be given freely to school administrators. Now it must be earned daily and it can be lost daily. Administrators live with the knowledge that each day can begin well, but if a serious event happens during the day, they will be judged not only on how they handled it, but on how transparent they were in letting people know what happened, why it happened, and what was done about it, and what will be done in the future to prevent it from happening again. (laughs) So there you go, just a little uh, taste of what you could find in that resource. But I think the thing that spoke to me is right now, principals, their capacity, you know, they're doing contact tracing, they're making heavy hitter decisions um, in our small schools, especially where they're not just part of a, you know, big district, but they're having to do a lot of work. And then again, it comes down to how are they communicating with their staff? So um, I don't know that that we gave you a ton of answers. Hopefully the resources are helpful, but I think um, bottom line, communication, transparency, openness, and ability to adjust. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree with all of it. So the, and, and you know, the thing about all of that is like being a merchant of hope right now, I think is so critical and doing that without that uh, Pollyanna, like we can't, and I think this would be true no matter what scenario we're running into, right? It's like, we have to acknowledge the challenges that we're facing, but we cannot let go of the hope light, especially as leaders, because once we do that, we just, we just lead people into the pit. To, you know, and we can't do that. It's so critical to keep that hope alive. Well, I'll say also that we need to make sure that we're spreading positivity. Like the the negative talk to everybody is only going to bring everybody down. So I know, like especially now, where every day it seems like there is some bad news, we definitely need to share the the communication needs to be hopeful and it needs to be positive in the sense that we're going to get through it. I mean, yes, we can identify that there's things going wrong, but to only focus on the problems is not going to build a positive culture. 
Absolutely. So uh, I think there are probably about 5,000 other things we could have gone to in this conversation, but I do believe that it comes down to, you know, always that communication. So Brianna, I think that you've brought a very complex and interesting topic to the table. Do you feel like you got some resources or some knowledge that would help you um, when you get, when I notice I said, when you get into that position next spring? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And I'm going to be calling you and Joshua (laughs) for more suggestions. Yeah, it's, it is. It's a complex topic, but an important one. Anytime. And I know that when you and I have worked together, I think I hit this pretty hard and I will continue to mention that having a network is more critical than ever right now, you know, because you continue to see new iterations as like Joshua was saying, you can communicate plan A to all the way to Z and things shift. And so like your capacity to be mm-hmm. able to keep up with that change right now is so nuts. So, you know, getting yourself connected and I know you are really well connected with an awesome cohort. Don't lose that. And yes, keep our numbers, but definitely make sure that you've got a team of people that you trust that are not in district that can help you to process through all those challenges. Yes, it's very important. We'll do that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Brianna. Thank you for having me. And for the listeners, um, we just want to tell you to make sure you're checking out the resources in the show notes. And then if you are facing the same challenge in your own lives and you want some further insight, make sure that you're sharing on Twitter with our hashtag AspireBleed or in Awe to Rise. Awesome. Till next time. 